I'm saying that little people do in little places, doing little things, can really change the world. You're listening to the Seton Hall Undergraduate Leaders Podcast, the only leadership podcast run by undergraduate students dedicated to helping undergraduate students lead in diverse fields. From people in diplomacy to entertainment, from CEOs to student leaders, we feature people from all walks of life. It's all part of the mission. Here at the Messina Leadership Institute, we make leaders better. Welcome to the Seton Hall Undergraduate Leaders Podcast. My name is Kayla Engel and I will be your host today. Uh, Today we welcome Father Alvaro Ramos as our guest. Uh, Father Alvaro is a Catholic priest native to Spain who has spent the past 10 years in Honduras as a missionary. He's the coordinator of a mission that uses an innovative student-run model to aid 12,000 children in the poorest areas of Honduras. This mission was recently awarded with the King of Spain Award for Human Rights in 2019 and operates through Association, Collaboration, and Efforts, ACEOES, a Honduran-based non-government organization that works to develop educational assistance, health, and construction projects for disadvantaged individuals. Prior to his endeavors as a Catholic priest, Father Alvaro worked in the corporate world as a lawyer, investment banker, and private equity executive. He received his MBA from University of North Carolina School of Business and went on to work for Bank of America and Azora before finding his purpose in the Catholic Church and ministry work. Father Alvaro, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. (laughs) It's a pleasure to be here. Of course, of course, of course. Thank you for coming all the way from Honduras. So just to get us started, you know, you were very successful um, in your corporate endeavors. So what really drove you to change career paths and leave behind all the work that you've done and pursue uh, missionary work and kind of living and working with the impoverished areas? Well, it's actually a very long story. To make it short, I would say that I was always interested in investments. When I started my career, I focused basically on real estate. And there are many other assets like technology or energy or infrastructure. But at the end of the day, I found out that the best asset across all the spectrum are actually people. So I don't think that I changed my career. So kind of that my career evolved into the best asset class (laughs) that is taking care of people. Yeah. Well, that's so it's been a process where I understood that, you know, I love to work hard, to be very rigorous, something that I learned in the business world. But I realized that applying those experiences and that know-how into taking care of children and young adults, that was actually a great investment. And I found that the gospel is actually, quote-unquote, the best business plan. To yeah. I'm, I'm using like business terms yeah. to explain that I, people think that I changed my career and actually mm-hmm. think that my career is kind of continuous and it's mm-hmm. got better when I found out that, you know, making the world a better place for everyone and getting rid of poverty is the best plan for mankind. So so that's basically the story. It has a lot to do also with the fact that when I was very, very young, I got to know poverty in my hometown in Madrid. And so, and then I, you know, even though Spain is a developed country, many years ago, I mean, there was still some pockets of poverty. So I got to know people my age that they couldn't actually study. They, they had to drop out of school and, yeah. and work and make money for their family. That kind of was, you know, it really surprised me. So even though I was lucky, you know, fortunately my parents, they could actually, they, you know, give me everything to study. But I knew that eventually I needed to give back. So at some point in my life, I, I thought, I mean, this is not only about myself. I need to give back. And I started to get to know more about poverty. started to visit 
to travel to Latin America and get to know poverty face to face. And when you see yeah. poverty face to face, it's mind blowing. We, are in the, we live in the 21st century. We are thinking of going to Mars. We <laughs> yeah. are, I mean, artificial intelligence, all this technology, which is great. But there's still, to this day, there are a lot of people that they are starving. So also has a lot to do with the idea, okay, I don't want to be part of a generation that is not going to, that is not going to change poverty. I think many years ago, poverty, it was very difficult to change it. Right now, you know, extreme poverty can be solved. And so I wanted to be one of the, I wouldn't say the pioneers, but at least one of the people like fighting very hard to get rid of poverty. And again, I, I learned and I tried while I was in the corporate world, I tried by setting up foundations and impact investments. But I found out that the best way to get rid of poverty is through Christ, through mm -hmm. the gospel. So it was like two paths. One is understanding that, you know, spending time, quality time, getting rid of poverty is a good investment. And at the same time, it's like a inner feeling that I had that I needed to give back. And finding out that the best way to give back is through the gospel. Yeah, that's really amazing, especially now you see so many activists here for like climate change, poverty and really being a change maker in your generation because a lot of people, you know, they see this, as you said earlier, like a change in career path, but it's evolving your career path. That's really awesome insight. And just further, could you just talk to us a little bit about what you're doing with your nonprofit work and just kind of give us a little rundown of how it works? What is its purpose? Like, how is it impacting the community? Well, in a nutshell, I would say that what we do is something very simple that it's like helping people to become Christians. Oh, okay. Actually, something that the Catholic Church has been doing for centuries, uh, meaning is education, like formal education. Okay. And, and also like teaching Christian values. And the way we do it is through, we work in the same communities, very poor communities. And the idea is we want to offer the parents of the poorest families the opportunity that the children, they can study from kindergarten up to graduating uh, for, uh, in college for free. Okay. So we have developed a network of projects starting from kindergartens, scholarships for public schools, learning distance programs, dormitories, so that there is a path that these children from these very poor families, they can go from one step to the other until, until college. And not only that, it's at some point these children, they had to start to learn to give back. And the way we do it is that they actually, as you mentioned earlier, they run the organization. When they are very young, the children, I mean, we don't require them to help. I mean, other than doing like simple things. We have a lot of dining rooms, for example, they help mm -hmm. in the kitchen. Okay, or cool. we encourage them to help each other, like doing tutoring. Oh, okay, cool. So but no 10-year-olds doing paperwork. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. But once they get to high school, yeah. they actually they are located into the different groups that run the organization. This mm -hmm. accountancy, logistics, capital raising, and so on and so forth. It's like this university, instead mm -hmm. of being run by a professional group of people, is run by you guys. Well, actually, what you guys are doing in here is actually what we do across all the spectrum oh, of, of the different you know, the different projects that we run. So we have a group of 500 students, oh, wow. like 70% 70, 70 college students at the mm -hmm. other high school, that they run the whole organization every day. So they come in the mornings to the, the different offices, seven to noon, they mm -hmm. run the organization, and in the afternoon they go to high school and to college. Oh, that's awesome. So, so by doing that, not only you are giving long-time educational opportunities for poor people, 
but also you're giving opportunities so that they, first of all, they learn to work, to do real work, which is great for the resume. More importantly, they learn to change their own community. And even more importantly, they learn how to apply the gospel into real life. Okay. So the, because the backbone of our project is the gospel. So for example, every Thursday, we stop everything and we do what is called Lectio Divina. Lectio Divina means to read the gospel of the Sunday okay. in small groups and people like, you know, kind of apply what is said in the gospel to their lives. Oh, okay. And so, so we try to explain the students is that when you not only studying also about running the organization, taking care of legal, the legal staff or accountancy or mm -hmm. whatever, the gospel is, is a very good way to confront any problems and find solutions. So the whole thing, like education, formal education, like community development, and it's, it's a great exercise so that people uh, learn to live by the gospel. And the outcome, the ideal outcome is at the end of the day, we are building people, very good professionals, but at the same time, people with very strong values that they want to stay in Honduras and become like useful members of the society in whatever yeah. field they want to. So kind of like rebuilding the communities within them by starting at a young age? It's exactly. Yeah, exactly. that's awesome. So do you find it more beneficial to have more of an education focus than simply having soup kitchens or homeless shelters or that kind of aspect? We, we actually, we have soup kitchens because we have the whole thing. I mean, the point oh, okay. is that you got to take care of someone in a 360 perspective, the whole thing, mm -hmm. meaning that, you know, I'm going to give you food, I'm going to give you education, and also oh, I'm going to give you the leadership roles. Okay, awesome. So really having that focus on education as well as all the basic exactly. human needs. That's awesome. In other words, it's we are setting a family. I think what yeah. God wants, mm -hmm. God is our father. So yeah. God is to create a big family. So we, in the Catholic Church, mm -hmm. we need to create like families. And I mean, obviously, families are actually, you know, father and a mother and the children. But the Catholic Church should be a school for teaching families and behave or act as, as if we were a family. So, you know, we have almost 12,000 students, but we want to create like a huge family where all the needs are met. I mean, obviously, we cannot meet all, all the needs. Yeah, you can't buy everyone Teslas, but... <laughs> exactly. But at least like yeah. a minimum standards. And yeah. that means that the way we treat every children is mm -hmm. like if I, I treated my own brother and sister or son or daughter, meaning that, okay, I want, I, I want you to go to school, but I need to pay for the case education, but I need to pay for the food and I need to provide also for health because actually everything, you know, it's like if you want to make people to go to college and become good persons, you, got, you have to provide them not only education, but also food. Because if you provide them education, but they don't, they, they don't have food, you know, they're not, yeah. they're not gonna do well. And at the same time, if you only provide food, but you don't give people, so if you wanna help someone, you gotta treat that person like your brother and sister. That means you gotta provide everything that he or she needs to get by. That's awesome, really building these families and these communities and as like a network as a whole. Um, it's really awesome work that you're doing. That's such an interesting perspective. And I just wanna ask you, so what has been the most rewarding as well as the most challenging part of this position and really having a hands-on work in these areas? Well, the more rewarding, rewarding is, I mean, we are all human beings and it really doesn't matter if you are born in New York or, or New Jersey or Madrid or yeah. Paris or Honduras or Africa. We are or as I said, human beings, we have we share same brains, mm -hmm. same abilities, yeah. which is amazing to me is to prove that that idea that is from God is a reality, meaning that 
if you take care of a child very early on in Honduras, then that person eventually becomes someone that is very useful. So it's quite amazing to go into these neighborhoods that are very poor, find out people that are extraordinary. They may, they may live in, in a really, really poor area and their parents, they may be illiterate. That person, you know, after being helped for a long period of time, it's an evidence that we are all part of, of one family. So being able to help these people to become lawyers, engineers, nurses, or physicians, whatever, and not only being professionals, but also people that want to help others, that's, that's something pretty amazing. Because a lot of people think of Honduras and other countries, okay, these are very dangerous countries, dangerous people. It's actually the opposite. What, the, what they really need is opportunities. If you think in the opportunities, you find out these people are as good as us, as, and actually, maybe they're better than us. <laughs> yes, that's so fair. <laughs> and that's, so that's the, the most rewarding thing. And the challenges are that it's, well, it's a very tough job. I mean, not only because you need the money, and it's long term, and also when you, you know, we are very, our, our model that is like a student run organization, it's sometimes you think it's over, overachieving, because, I mean, it's a very large organization, mm -hmm. having all these children taking care of things. It's, I wouldn't say it's dangerous, but it's risky because they are children, I mean, they are teenagers, and they are young adults, and they can make mistakes. And sometimes it's actually a headache because they, well, they are learning and they make mistakes, and they can, so it's a, it's a challenge to train people and to mm -hmm. give, give them a lot of responsibility. At the end of the day, it pays off, meaning mm -hmm. that, I mean, we could hire professionals, but if we hire professionals, then we, we wouldn't have as much money as helping other people. So this, this model of, you know, of the students taking care of the, of the organization is very efficient. But more important than that is that it's, it's the best way for them to understand that they, are, they should be the new generation changing what is going on in Honduras. It's very challenging because they got to confront very serious problems and they are very young and they are on their own. Mm -hmm. You know, in our mission, we have very few, very few adults, only like 10 Oh, wow. Out of a thousand. But I mean, it's the best way to do it. We, we can actually do it simpler. As I said, hiring people. We wouldn't help as much people as we are helping. And we would actually be being developing a new generation of leaders. Yeah. That's awesome. A new generation of leaders you guys are building. That's really like crazy work. Because I know for me as a college student, just imagining like having that hands-on experience is probably really, really beneficial and really rebuilding the communities instead of putting new people in to change them. I feel like that's definitely something that seems like really positive. And that is really awesome work that you're doing. And to see that as a young adult, that we are the future, we are the new generation, really being able to rebuild that, especially like the children that you're helping is really awesome work. But what is your goal for the future of this missionary project? And how do you hope for it to look in 10 years? years do you think see it running the same expanding starting new initiatives well we well, no matter what we're gonna grow meaning that you know once you start educating children they under any children wants to move on and if you take care of them they want to go to school and they're going to go to university and they have dreams so what happens is that you know if these children do well then you're going to have the siblings and friends they're going to join in so kind of like a group effort exactly so yeah so even though if we don't want to grow we're going to grow mm -hmm. because we're going to have the siblings and the friends and the neighbors i'm going to say hey you know my friend is doing well and he's very happy you know he's going to college and he's becoming a leader and i'm going to be the same and eventually you know we, we grow even though we, it's organic growth to yeah. me the most important thing is like right now it's not growth but it's quality of education 
So kind of quality versus quantity basis? Yeah, the point yeah. is, you know, on average, we spend 20 bucks per month per each student. Oh, wow. If, if you compare it to Europe or to America, in Europe, the average expenditure for a child is in around 700 euros mm. or dollars. Yeah. In America, it's probably two times or three oh, times Oh, yeah, more. that's crazy. <laughs> $2,000. So if, our children actually are, are lucky oh, because yeah. at oh. least they get 20 bucks per mm. month. I mean, yeah. and education, food, and so on and so yeah. forth. But still, the difference is huge. 20 bucks in Honduras compared to 700 in Europe, 1,500 in America. In the context of a, of a new economy, there's the new economy with technology and the digital economy means that there's going to be new jobs. So people need very good education to take on these new jobs. So I wonder what's going to happen with other students. Oh, okay. Because they get education, but the education is actually very low quality. Got you. So if we don't prepare, if we don't invest more in the quality of education, I don't know if our students are going to be able to join in the new economy that is coming in. So, I mean, obviously, you know, I would love to grow this mission in numbers and in quality. Yeah. But if I have to be one, it would be quality mm -hmm. to increase the quality a little bit so that this is this our students can keep up with the changes in the economy that they're going to have. We're having right now. With like AI, all these new technological devices and kind of just trends coming out, really being able to grow with that. Exactly. That's amazing. And just something to just kind of bring it home to the Seton Hall community. So I know a lot of students today, you know, they struggle with the big ominous question of like, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? Like really committing to that path. Um, do you have any words of advice for students that are unsure what path they want currently want to take or afraid to like explore new avenues? Well, it would be two ideas. The first one is that you got to fight for your dreams. I mean, you have a dream. If you're passionate about something, it really doesn't matter if you, you're gonna you're gonna make a lot of money or you're gonna be well known. Who cares? I mean, if you're passionate about something, go for it. So because at the end of the day, you're gonna spend most of your time doing that. If you're doing that for the wrong reasons, eventually you're gonna you're gonna quit or you're gonna get depressed. So whatever you are passionate, just go for it. But you gotta take it very seriously. I mean, if you're gonna dance, perfect, go. You're gonna become a, a professional dancer, but you gotta gotta be the best professional dancer. Know all the theories about professional dance, <laughs> dancing and all the history. And train a lot and spend a lot of time training to become that best dancer in the world. And my second advice would be, I mean, you got to be passionate about something that is going to have a positive impact for society. Because at the end of the day, what really make us happy is not money or being famous. or It's, yeah, it's feeling that our lives are helping others or helping society to become better. So in order to pick something that you're going to do in your life is find something that is going to have a positive impact on society. Because again, you're going to spend a lot of time doing that, working in whatever, you know, in whatever field you're going to work. It's, it's long hours. It's not, it's not always nice. But if you see that whatever you are doing is going to have an, a positive impact, that's going to compensate whatever drawbacks that you may experience. So that would be the combination of finding something that you're going to be very passionate, but that thing should have a positive impact in society. So kind of balancing that social cost with personal passion, for sure. Exactly. And also, just like as a regular college student, what can we do to really help support your mission or just kind of embrace those leadership values? There are many ways, actually, to help us. I mean, one is, well, first of all, is just listen. So I, so thanks so much for this opportunity. I think it's very good to reflect because what happened in any university, well, you guys are in a Catholic university, but normal, even Catholic universities, 
and it happens with ourselves as well. Sometimes we focus too much on like technical aspects and we don't spend that amount of time on how to help others. So, and, and again, it happens to us. For us, mm -hmm. there are priorities that the students, they learn to read, write, mm -hmm. and do math. But some, sometimes you gotta stop and say, hey, you know, what, what do I want? I want them to become good professionals or good people. Being a good professional is very important, but being a good people is much more important. <laughs> so, I mean, just spending yeah. time thinking about how to help others and listen to professionals in the field. If I consider myself a professional, <laughs> I'm still learning. I think yeah. that's very important. So mm -hmm. spending quality time looking at what's going on in the world, and not only in the world, I mean, even here in, in New York, in the New, York, New Jersey area, that would be the starting point. And, and then another initiative would be, okay, how can I do change the world? in the developing world and here in New York and come up with ideas and make them happen. Because sometimes what happens is we, it's all about talking. People love to talk and love to discuss. And there's a lot of debates, but very few people are actually making things happen, like doing it for real. For example, I mean, I've got many examples of people that what they do is just create a network of people like finding sponsors. For very low, for you know, for very little money, like yeah. 15, 20, 25 bucks. So okay. one of the best ways we finance our operations is through sponsors. And actually people, it's yeah. normal in Spain, that what they do is with family, friends, they create a, a network of people like sponsoring children. Oh, okay. And providing 20 bucks per, per day. Also, they do charity events. They organize charity mm -hmm. events. Also, what they do is they collect items and they store them and they send it every year in a container. So they, I'm talking about furniture and educational equipment, um, sometimes medicine, sometimes food, and then they store it, and then they do a, like a charity event to, to get some money to pay the container. There are other ways to help, and they, they don't relate it to money. For example, tutoring, tutoring oh, okay. online. I mean, you guys speak English. Some mm -hmm. of you actually probably hear a lot of people that are bilingual, they speak Spanish mm -hmm. and English, so they would yeah. be a great teacher for our students. Mm -hmm. Also, would be like doing mission trips. Okay. Or uh, spending time as a volunteer. Others taking a gap year. Because I think part, in part of the education, coming back to my earlier point, that it's, this is not about being a very good professional, it's being a good professional and a good person. Spending time in a developing country like six months or even a year, I think yeah. it's, it's going to be a great experience that is going to help you a lot in your overall education. And that's, that would be like, you know, like some examples yeah. of the ways that you can help. Awesome. Really able to like get involved and take action. Uh, yeah. One thing I like always think of is like a Gandhi quote uh, where it's like, be the change you want to see in the world and really having that hands-on approach. Awesome stuff. And just one final question before we wrap up the show. Thank you so much for coming on again. Is if you could describe all of the work you're doing in three words, what would they be? Well, it would be action. Action. Another one would be compassion. Mm -hmm. And another one would be happiness or, I don't know, it's not happiness. It's like the feeling of that. Like fulfillment? Fulfillment. Yeah, that's awesome. like I was looking for that word. Yeah. Okay, cool. So action. Compassion. Action, compassion, and fulfillment. And you fulfillment. heard it here first, folks. So once again, thank you so much, Father Alvaro, for coming on. And that will be a wrap on today's episode. Tune in next week for more. On behalf of everyone at the Pasita Leadership Institute, I'd like to thank the podcast team, 89.5 FM WSOU for allowing us to use their facilities and you for listening. Follow us online at www.shu.edu backslash leadership on Instagram at Pasita Leaders and on Twitter at SHU Leadership. At Seton Hall, 
we make leaders better.